This episode of Money to Burn is brought to you by ExpressVPN, the VPN that just works. Welcome along to Money to Burn, the podcast that looks at the lighter side of business. But this is no regular edition of Money to Burn. Today is a Money to Burn Coffee With episode. And Money to Burn Coffee With, I'll be having coffee with various people from across the world of business. We could be having coffee with a teacher, coffee with a politician, coffee with a TV star, or even coffee with a billionaire. So who will I be having coffee with today? There's only one way to find out. Grab a hot beverage from the kitchen and join me and my guest for the latest edition of Money to Burn Coffee With. Cheers. When you're going to the toilet, you always close the door behind you, yeah? You don't want any random passerby looking in on you. So why would you let people look in on you when you're going online? Using the internet with an ExpressVPN is like going to the toilet and not bothering to close the door. So if you're like me and you believe your online activity is your business, secure yourself by visiting expressvpn.com forward slash money to burn today. And a very special offer for our money to burn listeners. If you use my link in the show notes, you get an extra three months free. Now let's get on with the show. On today's Money to Burn Coffee With, we have a real treat for you all. We're going to be talking to Ireland's top marksman. From a master on the pitch to working on getting his masters off it. When he's not studying for that scroll, he's scoring another peach of a goal. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the one and only Georgie Kelly. Welcome to the show, Georgie. Cheers, David. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure, Georgie. Absolute pleasure. So look, tell us first of all, um, when you were leaving school, was there a temptation to go and play full-time football straight out the gate? Or did you always want to go to college? Um... To be honest, um, no, it it never really crossed my mind at the time. I never really seen myself, uh, probably seen myself, but I never really seen myself as good enough really to, to go full-time as, at that age. Um, yeah. The, the, at the forefront of my mind was always, you know, I'm, I'm, going, I'm going to college, you know, no matter what. And then soccer was always kind of number two, you know. Um, and then just it just kind of funnily happened a few weeks before that I, I got offered the chance. I was at Derry at the time as a youngster, Derry City. Yeah. And, I got offered the chance by by the manager to go to go pro to sign a two year pro deal, but to be honest, at that stage, I, my mind was completely set. I had everything sorted, you know, everything sorted for going to uni. So um, there wasn't really much of a debate around that time. But yeah, no, I was always kind of set on on, on university first. Yeah. Yeah, and then you, I, I think so many players have made it at UCD. How did you end up going down there? Just because obviously the offer you were doing college down there, and you decided, decided to play a bit of ball while you were there, was it? Yeah, that was. That was always kind of the attraction. Um, also, the fact that it was a really good university and, yeah. and that undergrad in commerce um, was a really popular undergrad. And that was always from doing my research before of what I wanted to do. That was always my kind of my number one pick. Uh, I felt like that degree was kind of suited to me. Um, and then it just kind of coincided with the fact that soccer was kind of a uh, there was a really good setup there at UCD as well, and they had uh, scholarship schemes and uh, and whatever. Um, but yeah, again, it was kind of it was the uh, education kind of came was kind of first on my mind more so than than the soccer. Yeah, so you were down there, you were getting the the study was at the forefront of the brain, and it just happened to be that UCD have a great setup down there for you. Yeah, funny that how it played out a little bit of luck. Like, um, we all need yeah. it. We all need it. Yeah. And so you studied commerce, you did that for it was in three years, and now you're studying the masters in renewable energy and environmental fi- uh, finance. What made you pick them courses specifically? Um, commerce, uh, commerce is a pretty broad course. Kind of covers all kind of spectrums of uh, you know business covers your marketing, economics, finance, um, accountancy, 
And at the time, whatever, age 17, 18, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to, you know, kind of zone in on. Um, and commerce gives you that kind of flexibility to kind of cover them all. And yeah. Then decide so many different where, areas. Where you're at. Come, yeah, come graduation. Um, and then after I graduated, I went and signed for Dundalk on a two-year professional deal. Um, and I decided, you know, I'll take a little break and I'll go and I'll go full-time and, and enjoy it and live it up. Yeah, big time. Um, and, you, and obviously you had a great time, the amount of great nights he's played in Europe and so many cup finals and trophies and so definitely a, a good decision, I think, Georgie. Yeah, and I was in a really enjoyable couple of years. Um, but my, my kind of plan was always to, to do a Masters. Um, and I used, especially that second year at Dundalk, to try and do loads of research and figure out what really I wanted to do. Um, you know, consumed loads of content, read, listened to loads of stuff, Um just trying to figure out what I what I felt really suited me like, um, and then I landed on that. I came across that masters in in, in Smurfit uh, in renewable energy and, uh, and finance, and I just felt like it suited me. Um, looking at the main kind of drive is you like, look at the kind of potential uh, growth in that industry, say in the next 10, 15 years. Yeah, that yeah. was kind of what I was basing my a little bit of my um, outlook on was you know can I get into something? I'm, it might be five years before I'm entering into the industry so can I try look ahead and, and figure out what what masters would sit best you know sure and, and in terms of UCD like they're so big in the league they obviously have some people who hear them saying things like oh look the, the crowds aren't big enough the home crowd could probably get a taxi home do you know what I mean there's a lot of them in one taxi but they have such great players out there like even Colin Whelan at the moment out there an absolute quality striker Dave Henderson was saying he was, he's the next Jason Byrne which is high praise how important do you think UCD uh, play a part in the league for like developing players and for giving them a chance to study. Yeah, it's a huge part. I think um, that narrative of UCD not adding anything to the league um, has kind of been, you know, it's kind of run its course. I don't think there's many yeah. people now, uh, you know, these, these days arguing that because of the, essentially simply because of the players that they've produced. Um, just even in the last few weeks, look at Liam Scales there gone to, exactly over to Celtic. Celtic. Yeah, and that's that's another one off the you know off that UCD bandwagon. But yeah, the league's yeah. littered with with players. The top end of the league is littered with players that have come through that um, that process, and it's a credit to everyone at UCD for you know how they can develop and and, um, and I I think personally, I know you know it's probably just subjective, but I think um, part of it is not just on the pitch, a little bit off the pitch as well, because you can develop players' character and different things. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know when you when you get that education. You know, players leave UCD with a little bit more kind of a stable head, you know, on their shoulders, um, and that kind of stands to them as well. I feel like yeah, like a lot of players that come from UCD, they leave with an air of confidence. But I think it's probably because they are the underdogs in the league, and they're they, they like the Rovers and Bows rock up, and they always put it up to them. The amount of times I've been out there watching games, and you go out there thinking, oh yeah, we'll beat these, and you're leaving with your tail between your legs, yeah. and some great players like really are. And if you look at the list of players that have come from the league, including yourself from UCD, amazing, like like a conveyor belt nearly. Um, and do you think it's a good opportunity for the league to be able to offer players a chance to stay around the league um, a bit longer, like get an education instead of, say, taking an offer from a lower league team in England, like Doncaster or something, throwing some money at a player and saying, come over here at 16. Do you think education is a great thing for a young lad to be able to stay and maybe get something for after football, just in case it doesn't work out? Um, I do, I do, yeah. And I think it's going to be even more prominent now uh with the fact that brexit has you know is kind of delaying and disrupting uh you say 15 16 year olds from yeah. going over that early um they're having to stick around until they're 18 and i, I imagine once 
you know, if you can kind of entice and, and, and nudge these players once they do their leaving cert to say, go on, do do a three-year degree and, and say a club, whatever local club, will provide it for you and will, you know, clubs can help players, um, you know, along the way. It's going to be probably a huge attraction and something this league and teams probably need to incorporate more now in the coming, in the coming years to, to keep, you know, to keep... The, the top talent around. The young players. Yeah. yeah, keep them in this in this league, like. Because I think, especially with Keith Long, like he's shown, if you're if you're young enough, you're good enough, and it's not as if they're going to be coming here, or they're going to be staying. Oh, just in Ireland to be say bench warmers, like some of the best players in the league, like Ross Tierney, Dawson Devoy, they're like superstars in the league over here as well, you know. And Danny Grant, he stayed for a good while as well before going over to England. So there really is, I think, chances here, isn't there? And especially if education can be something that can be used to entice them to stay about. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so then you obviously with Bose was like. Was it the whole being able to train during the evening, study during the day? Was that the attraction with Bose? The initial? That was a huge, yeah. That was a huge kind of initial initial attraction because um, it fits in perfectly uh, in comparison to the other clubs. You know, you could be in nearly half the day and your day's gone. And um, but with Bose, yeah, it fits in perfectly with you know being able to mix education with um, with sports. So that was probably only one attraction, but there's loads of attractions. It's a fantastic yeah. club. Like yeah, now that you're here, it's <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. it's, it's you're seeing all the other bits. But um, and then in terms of like Bowes, like you often hear people saying model clubs for different reasons. Would you think Bowes is kind of a good model for that kind of setup for other clubs could kind of try and maybe replicate and go the same way? Potentially, potentially. I know, I know everyone a lot of clubs and all, and you know pundits are crying out for teams going full time. Yeah, uh, but it can be a hu- you know, but it can be a huge advantage that Bowes could use to attract players who you know who really want to do a course, want to do a course full time. They're able to do it at Bowes. Whereas if they're at your Chamber Rovers or Dundalk, maybe they're not. It's not as accessible. Um, so I, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you. No, I don't know if it'll, it'll go that way, but but it's definitely a good. It's um, a good setup. The Bows can the Bows can kind of use and um, uh, you know to attract players. You know? Especially with the, the the connection with Kevin's as well. Players coming through from there as well. He can give them and say parents as well. For our young lads, he probably was delighted they're getting an education as well, just in case. You know, when you're 16, you think the world is going to be, you're going to be scoring the winner in the FA Cup next year, but it sometimes doesn't go that way. Um, exactly, yeah. But, like, so a lot of players around the league, you'd hear them, they'd, they'd, they'd mix a lot of, say, work with training. Um, obviously, like, a lot of players, like Rob Cornwall, he's a personal trainer. He's actually my girlfriend's favourite player. Uh, she says it's just because he's a defender. That's what she says. Although we never, she never used to go on about Derek. She never used to go on about Derek Pender, I'll tell you. But uh, she, that's what she says. But And, like, Wardy obviously drives the van and don't get him to Parallel Park or drive down that laneway in Daily Mount. But do you think now players are going to look maybe more towards, maybe not even just work and football, but it's going to be education and football, a good combination? Yeah, I think so, and and bows can be you know the perfect kind of uh, you know the perfect kind of avenue for them to go and, and push on and 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 do it like and it's as I said as I said already yeah bows can uh, there's a huge opportunity there for for players to get the education and, and to play at a club that's challenging right at the top you know yeah. I, mean? I know UCD is similar but bows you're you're cha- you're playing big European games you're challenging for hopefully for trophies um. So it's fantastic for, for, for the you know for the talent, the young talent in, in this country. Especially with Europe as well. Like you were playing the Aviva, I was there watching you playing Starnan and Doodlehange and Pauk and all and it's such big days and you never know, cup finals possibly around the corner, have Waterford first, but it's like Johnny, there's so many big days that you can have at Bowes, I do agree with you. Um and how would you say being a footballer has made you a better student and vice versa? Have you taken that from being a student to make you a better player? And have you taken that from being a better, a good player, great player, um, to being a great student? Is there any uh, characteristics you say are that be similar kind of from both of them? Yeah, 
there's there's probably a little bit of overlap in in um in regards to pressure um pressure on dealing with exams and stuff um you know there, there's some real pressure and anxiety kind of in a build up to a game as there would be say to a build up to a big exam yeah uh, you know come the end of the year um but and they kind of they're also they're similar in you know in the sense that before games you, you would be a little bit nervous you would be kind of anxious uh, say walking out in the Aviva yeah walking into a big you know and a big exam centre with an exam but uh, you now once you once you get into once you into the game into your rhythm and similar into the rhythm of an exam it's it kind of goes kind of smoothly but it's just that initial build up and learning and being able to deal with that and deal with pressure high pressure situations uh, is really transferable. I feel like yeah. Yeah, I've seen you deal with it plenty of times. Ninety six minutes there a few weeks ago, you dealt with it fairly well, Georgie. Um, and do you feel? Would you? Would you? Would you consider yourself? I know a lot of sports people are. Would you say you have any special routine to get ready for a match, or would you be superstitious in any way? Would you have a lucky rabbit's foot or anything in the bag or anything like that? Um, no, I wouldn't be overly. Uh, nothing like that. No. <laughs> um, nothing. Wouldn't be overly superstitious. Um, I do have a little. I would do have a little because I'm extremely stiff and, and tight. I'd have a little warm up kind of routine that I would do on myself before every game, probably only twenty minutes. Um, and that's kind of you yeah. know I follow a little kind of pattern there for that, where you know a little routine it only takes about every 15, 20 minutes. Uh, but other than that, no, I'm not. I'm not overly super. There's nothing, nothing that you carry with you around. Although I've seen, I'd, I'd say when, when you have two Scottish lads around, you seem to play really, really well. So maybe they're your lucky charms. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, and what do you think? What do you think makes the League of Ireland so special? What do you think it makes it so special as a league? Because obviously, like, it doesn't have the maybe razzmatazz of the Premiership or anything, but it's still anyone who's a fan of it, anyone who's a player in it, always seems to have a real draw for it. Even after they leave, after they retire, they still talk so fondly of it. What do you think the magic is about it? Yeah, it's a tough one, Canada, to put your to put your finger on. Um, I think Bose is, uh, exemplified pretty well. Um, uh, you know, it's it's about identity um, within communities. I think that's the main that's yeah. the main pull. Um, and teams kind of teams can kind of relate to their fans uh, in a way. You know, it's there's no as you say there's no glitz and glam. <laughs> it's yeah. hard work and, and passion yeah. and, and and a bit of fight. And yeah, you can kind of relate to the to, to the fan bases in a sense. And Bose do it perfectly. Um, you know the passion. The passion from the fans is kind of correlated then towards the team and the style of play that Keith, um, the Keith tries to, to portray in his teams. Like um, I think that's the real. That's the magic. That's the you know that this league kind of provides. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely does. And what one word or even a couple of words, Georgie describes you best? One or two words that sums Georgie Kelly up. I know uh, it's hard when someone asks you about yourself, Georgie. <laughs> um. I'd probably say curious. I'm a fairly curious person. Um, you know, once I dive into a lot of different things, my YouTube, uh, <laughs> I go down some rabbit holes on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. But, um, so I'd, yeah, I'd definitely say curious as one, anyway. Yeah, and it's good. Good to be curious. Good to be curious. And would you be more nervous before a big exam or a big match? Which one would you say? If you're playing Rovers Monday and you've got a huge finance exam Monday, which one is keeping you awake at night? Or are any of them? Uh, um. No, neither am I. I'm not an, I'm not an overly big warrior. Um, yeah. So I'm not, thank God. But in particular, a Rovers game, like for, for example, my first uh, my first Dublin derby, uh, I was away in Tala and I was nervous that day. Like, um, yeah. Just the whole build up and the fans and the presence, even social media. Uh, it was a huge game and I didn't really know what to expect, because you know, but I could just feel the tension building before that game. 
So that was a yeah, that was a that was a big one. Yeah. Is it different when you're in it than say when you're watching it? Say as a say you, know, you were playing with Dundalk and you know oh Bows are playing yeah. Rovers tonight and you hear people saying oh it's a big game and but when you're actually in the middle of the pitch in Tala or Daily Mount and it's it's game on. Yeah. Is it, do, you, do you feel yeah, it? There's no um, there's no there's no comparison to being to being right in the center of it and the heart of it. Yeah, it's um, but it's a great experience. It's yeah, a great, it's a fantastic experience. Yeah. Um, and what, what was it like playing without the fans even at the derby did you even feel it then even though like the, it was probably only like say the kit man and the manager in the stand there did you still feel well, that yeah. you knew people were watching you still, yeah you can still feel the tension yeah. there, even though there's only a few heads around the stadium it's like big brothers watching you you know watch LOI is yeah. out there and you're like there's no escape yeah, <laughs> yeah I get there's you there's that age there's that age kind of to the game um but yeah it's, it's fascinating you know? and would much chat go on during those games would it be a bit of winding up with the with the talk or would it be all just the focus, do you know what I mean? Would it be any kind of, would it be chatter on more chatter on those games, or would it be similar and kind of than any game? No, no. If anything, it's kind of even less. It's it's real because it's so tense. Real. There's it's like tension before yeah. the games. Yeah, there's not not many people are talking in the changing room. You know, it's it's all it's all heads on focused like. Um, and is it is it completely different ends of the spectrum? If you win it, it's the highest high, and if you lose it, is it the lowest low? Do you feel? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, it definitely is. When you win them games like that, uh, that cup, the cup game, the cup there a couple of weeks ago, unbelievable, oh, electric, unbelievable experience to win it, unbelievable, absolutely like, you electric. Know, and you, and the last yeah. bit of it you spent in the dressing room. Did you, did you know? Did you, did you, were you, were you in the? Did you go back to the locker room? Did you hear? Did you hear the goal I was or in what? The tunnel. Oh, I were you in the tunnel? Yes, yes, and I, I, I seen it. I seen it happening. Um, but yeah, unbelievable the highs when when you when you win them games. Yeah, yeah, and you, you I'd say you owed uh, young Andy Lyons a drink, did you? Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <absolutely. laughs> ah, big time! Yeah, it happens. It happens. And who who would be our sporting heroes? Would they be would it be any football you look up to, or is there any boxer around that maybe when you were younger you were a big fan of, or someone who inspires you? Um, growing up, uh, growing up for me, GA was was kind of my main, you know, my main homestead. Um, yeah, that was kind of my go to for for many years, four or five years. And did you play? I, uh, went, yeah, yeah, I was. I played. I played Gaelic for Ireland, both for Donegal. Yeah. Um. So my, for me, it would have been Michael Murphy. Would have been someone that I would have been in awe of as a kid. Yeah. If you'd walk past him in the street. Um, yeah. You'd yeah, have said, "Oh was, my God, there like, he is." It was like Ronaldo. It was like Ronaldo to yeah. other kids. Yeah. I get you. Yeah. It was Michael Murphy. Yeah. And did you meet him? Did you ever meet him? Not as a kid. I've met him recently. Recently, then yeah. Um. But not not as a kid. No. And did you go up to him and tell him? He's a nice man. Or did you, did you, no, I, did I you get starstruck or anything there? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's all, that's all. I love the man. And who's, this is going to probably make you a lot of enemies, George. I hate to ask you that, but who's the best player if you can so, if you can pick one who you've played with at any of your clubs? Um, yeah, I was asked this recently. Um, and yeah, I said Keith Buckley uh, at Bowes, the captain at Bowes. And um yeah, I stick by it, and, I, and I, I'm pretty confident that I'll, that'll probably stay no matter where I go in my career, no matter where I end up. Um, He's just such a hard worker, isn't he? Like, know, he does so much stuff. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. Like uh, people, it's subjective. Like you know, picking your best player, everyone's yeah. different, everyone has favorites, um, and it just depends on what you give more weight to. And I, I just, yeah, I just, I just like, I just, what if, I just like conscious work, like uh, yeah. rather than someone who's gifted with. You know, fantastic genetic ability. You know, like I like, like I played with. You know, Patrick McGlynney and yeah, Jamie absolute Grant. baller. You know, yeah, two players, ballers. Unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable footballers. But uh, yeah, it's that conscious work of Buckle. You know, every every week Buckle was out and he decides 
you know, he decides I'm going to put in this work. I'm going to cover this amount of ground rather than your flair players who just turn it on. It's, it's kind of like a gift. Um, yeah. It's and, just... and I know people, that's all. It's just opinions. Like, but for me, that's that's what attracts me to Buckle. Yeah, and that's why I think... And it's a bit like, probably, probably, the same as in business. I mean, there'd be people who say, like, you're probably like the, the superstar sales rep who's getting in all the goals and getting the plot. It's been as the lad in the background that if you probably pulled Bucko out of there, people would know about it. He probably, he's, Absolutely. The glue, he's probably the glue on the team, is he? Absolutely, yeah. He's um, vital, crucial, yeah, to, to everything that happens. And and pro- probably doesn't get the recognition he um, he deserves, which is a pity. But, um, yeah, unbelievable, unbelievable footballer, yeah. And he's, like, he probably epitomises the league as well when it's cycling home after the games and that famous picture outside the Lewis with all the fans cheering him as he went to get his bike. Yeah. I don't think you'd see that in any other league in the world. Um no. And what do you see yourself accomplishing in the next five to ten years? If you're looking at yourself a bit down the line, what do you think five to ten years, education, football, what would you be happy with? Um, um, I'd probably love to play for at least another five, another five years. Um, at least? Uh, whatever I end up. 24, aren't you? So you'd be yeah, 29. 24, yeah. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be conscious enough of, of not staying too long in, in soccer. I'd, I would need to, I'd probably love to start my career around, around then. Um, yeah. And yeah, I'd just love to kind of delve into, uh, as I said earlier, hopefully that uh, by, by the kind of end of this decade, um, the renewable energy kind of, in particular, the wind industry in, in Ireland will hopefully be massive. Um, uh, the offshore wind, the potential is huge in this country. So I'd hopefully kind of slip in and, and um, be working kind of, uh, you know, in some, in, some, in some way there, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think and, and that's what's so great about the fact that you're looking down the line like that and you're not just thinking, look, football, football, because obviously football is, I've played football in the past, not at your level now, but it's, it is such an addictive thing. And when you stop playing, when you get older, you do miss it so much. But the fact that you've had the, to be able to look into the future and kind of see that, I think it's, it's definitely something that other players will look to do. And look, when the day does come time to call an end in your career, look, it's five years down the line. You've just won five titles. You've won five cups. There's a, a Georgie Kelly statue being put outside the new Daily Mount Park, right? What job are you going to be looking for? Is there a specific job that you'd say, yes, that's the one I want? Um, there's not, I'll be honest, there's not. Yeah. Um, and I, I probably need to use these next couple of years to really figure out which um, which specific avenue I want to go down, you know, whether it be project finance or whether it be, uh, you know, a financial analyst, you know, looking or whatever in the ESG. I know there's loads of jobs around you know, ESG kind of different trends and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Every company, every company you can see now is pushing green. Hundred percent. Um, so there's loads of routes. There's loads of different options. And and from looking at past, you know, students of of the course that I'm doing, they go in all different directions. Um, so yeah, it'll, it'll, I'll probably need to take a bit of time now and try and figure out exactly which which route I want to go down. Yeah, yeah you've a few years yet, you've a few years yet anyway. And just in terms of like, you've worked with some great managers, right? You've worked with Collie O'Neill, you've worked with Keith Long now, um, Stephen Kenny, I'm sure you're going to work with him in the future again when you're lining out for the boys in green. I've no doubt about it, you heard it here first. But what have each of them added to you as a player and as a person? Is there something that Collie O'Neill uh, basically instilled in you, something that Keith Long did, and then something that Stephen Kenny? Because I've known the three of them, I've met the three of them, and they're such different people. Um, so what has each of them kind of yeah. given you, if you can think of something? Yeah, they're all, yeah, they're all as you say, they're all unique. Um, with Collie, as I was only a youngster, um, and I was very raw going into Collie, as you said. I, yeah. I had a kind of strong GA background, so I was really raw going in there. Um, and technically, Collie, Collie helped me massively. Like I improved you know, hugely under Collie in regards to the technical side of the game. 
because you probably uh, still had the kind of the GAA style, did you? Going down there nearly because if you play yeah. GAA, I know a lot of lads yeah. who play GAA and then play football and they're they're brutes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's so you, you, raw. he I taught you the finesse, did he? He taught you the finesse. Nice yeah, he he kind of um, and his style of play and his you know his uh, a technical kind of side of his game. Yeah, um, Collie really helped me in that sense, um, and it's probably massive for me, you know, in my career. Um, I went to, as you said, as I said then I went to Dundalk. Um, and Stephen was only there for six months. Um, I, I was only with Stephen for a short enough period before he got the national job. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but even in that period, um, Stephen instills a lot of confidence in players, and I, I don't know what it's like a magic touch he has. Um, he just makes you feel a million like, bucks. Like at the time, I wasn't even playing that much, but I, he, he'd still make you feel like you know you're, yeah. you're a top, you know you're a top player. Um, and that's a real skill. That's a real skill. I think you need to do that, don't you? Because like at the time you would have been competing, say, with Pat Hoban, who was on fire. I think he had 28 goals in the league that year, maybe more in total, maybe 36. I think he passed Glenn Crow's record. So you were obviously up against it, and you're only a young lad coming in. And Kenny was great at keeping you kind of happy, and you were happy doing your thing down there. Yeah, it keeps you rooted, and, and um, yeah, it doesn't let yeah, it doesn't let the things get too, you know, you get too disappointed. He's... Um, very very good at that his man management side of things is um is incredible yeah and then keith uh again keith completely they're all completely different yeah yeah it works yeah um keith uh, under keith i've probably kind of uh, taken up a more of a leadership role because the team's so young yeah um even though yes i said i'm only 24 but i'd be kind of one of the older figures within the side um so I've kind of really matured, I think, in my game a little bit under Keith. Because you have to kind of step up and be be the kind of the, the person they look up yeah. to. You had to, because there's so many young lads in the team, as you say, 18, 19-year-olds playing. Um, you have to kind of step up kind of on and off the pitch. Um, and that's kind of, yeah, it's something that I've, I've learned here at Bowes in, in, in the short kind of time that I've been here. But it's, and no doubt, it's, it's going to be valuable to me, yeah. And what about Crowley? We'll throw him in there. He's a, is he, is, does he get you, get you fitter? I've heard he's, a, he heard he's an animal for getting people running, is he? Yeah, Trez's machine. Even himself, he's a machine. Yeah, he's I was gonna say he's still ripped. <laughs> <laughs> I remember yeah, Crowley playing when I was a kid. I used to watch Crowley playing, and he's still in great shape. He's a machine of a man. Yeah, he's Trev. Um, I've never seen anyone who's more dedicated to the game uh, as a coach than Trev. He, the hours Trev puts in, um, and the work he does is unbelievable. Yeah, he's um, he's a credit, and, and uh, you're talking about the importance of Bucko. Uh, the importance of Trev to the club as well is uh, can't be you know can't be understated because he's massive to the to the whole to how the whole the, you know the system and the success of the club he's he's, he's incredible yeah he's it's behind the scenes you even see some of the interviews yeah. he does after games and it's like you can see the floodlights are off they're cleaning up behind yeah. him and he's out there talking about the team and he's still yeah. still with it but sure. Look, Georgie, I'll tell you what, I want to thank you so much for joining us today on Money to Burn. It's been a real pleasure to talk to you and you're a real inspiration for so many young players around the league and you've shown that you can play top-class football at a really high level as well as getting an education behind you for down the road. And I'm sure plenty of young footballers are going to tune in here and watch you and follow in your footsteps themselves for a life after football. And obviously, look, every club in the land and beyond is going to be chasing your signature in the future. But just remember, whatever offers you get, Come to me first, because we have money to burn here, right? So uh, keep me in the loop, all right, Georgie? No problem, David. I appreciate Perfect. it. Perfect. Thanks a million, Georgie. Not at all. 
And that, my friends, is all we have time for on this edition of Money to Burn Coffee With. Thank you all for tuning in. And before you go, remember to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of our shows. We have our regular Money to Burn episodes with all your favourites. What? You never knew? No more funny business and tons more fun segments for you to enjoy. As well as our five-minute mini-episodes of Money to Burn in Money to Burn Pocket Change for when you're on the go but want a quick show. Perfect for keeping you company while you're making a cup of tea. Until next time, stay safe, stay happy, but most of all, stay lucky.